Hello, this is Ken Root. I'm revisiting AgriTalk episodes from the time I was host. That was from the origin of the show in 1994 through the spring of 2001. This program was broadcast on February 2, 1999 with Dr. Val Farmer, clinical psychologist specializing in rural family issues. The subject of the show was divorce. What do you do after you've become single again and are deciding whether to dig a hole and crawl into it or try to re-enter the dating scene or something in between? As was normally the case, our callers trickled in in the first 20 minutes and then filled our lines as we finished the second half hour. The program has been edited to remove the commercial breaks. All the rest is as it happened. I'd like to know what you think of these old shows. Are they relevant? Are they entertaining? If you'd like to send me an email, I have a simple address, kenroot at gmail.com, K-E-N-R-O-O-T at gmail.com. I'll pass them on to Dr. Farmer if they relate to his work. Here is our show, Divorce and Dating in Rural America from 1999. This is AgriTalk. I'm Ken Root. If you have a spouse, a mate, a soulmate with whom you are comfortable and happy, you should be thankful. Have you ever stopped to think of life single after being married and what you'd go through in reestablishing yourself as an independent functional unit? And as one, say, 30 or older, what you'd go through in deciding whether to remain single or begin the process of dating and possibly marrying again. Well, to give us more insight into a real-world situation for thousands of people, especially in the unique environment of rural America, our guest expert, Dr. Val Farmer, clinical psychologist with Merit Care in Fargo, North Dakota. Good morning, Val. Good morning, Ken. Glad to hear your wonderful voice again. How's life been going? Oh, I think really well. Good. Still got the uh, same woman taking care of you. Right. It's uh, 32 years and counting. (laughs) You know, that doesn't happen for everybody. Mine's uh, 25 plus now, and uh, you stop and think about it sometimes, and it is hard to imagine going to a situation from the current situation you have back to one to where that you're single, but you're single at a more advanced age, and in in fact, you're also single at more an advanced age in an area rural America where that maybe you don't have the number of people you could re-establish yourself with that you could in some other areas. Uh, And yet, with the divorce rate as high as it is, it is a challenge many people have to face. It it is. The dating scene is pretty intimidating, and and people uh, that are going through a divorce uh, often uh, are intimidated by the idea of going out and and uh, how to meet people, how to talk, how to go through those feelings of being rejected again, and and all the complexities of the uh, sexual uh, politics that go in, that are involved in in getting to a point where people are committing themselves to one another again. It's uh, it's a pretty daunting challenge. Yeah, I can I can imagine that. Uh, and we have, I'm sure, many people in the audience who are probably debating right now what they should do, that either through their actions have become single 
or through, in probably the cases of half of these people, uh, no fault of their own, in their own minds, they're now single. What do you do? Do you try to just say, okay, I'm never going to marry again. Uh, I don't want to be hurt if I try to go back in the dating scene. You know, what do I do? Because I guess my question is, with most people, is there truly an emptiness uh, in not having a mate after you've had one? I believe so. I think there's a human need to belong, to to have this uh, close, uh, intimate relationship, a companion, someone to share your life with and your thoughts and to, to care for one another. And even though people may have experienced a, a bad marriage, they don't give up on the idea of marriage, that it's, it has all of the potential for for bringing happiness into a person's life. And so it's a goal and an ideal that, that people don't give up on easily. Well, I have some friends who have said after they've, mar- they've married, divorced, and then married again, and the first one, in their estimation, was bad, and the second one, when they married again, they said, I didn't realize how wonderful it could be. It was worth all I went through to find this person. I've I've encountered the same thing. I uh, As traumatic as step families may be and reconstituting a new family i've i've met wonderfully uh, delighted people who are happy with their second marriages and it's uh, it's a happiness they deserve after after having gone through something that was really hard and they can they 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 really know the difference okay so here's the question today how to get from where you are to where you want to be knowing that the path in between is one that you have walked before, but you walked it as a young person with maybe uh, a much different view of life than you have today, and also being aware of how much at, uh, at risk you had to place yourself before being uh, hurt by a, a soured relationship to be able to get to that place that you want to go. And uh, we'd like to have your comments and your guidance on that, Dr. Farmer, this morning of advice to people who would like to uh, see about reentering the scene of finding a uh, person for companionship um, and uh, all the other things that go with it when you head toward marriage. And if you'd like to join us this morning for this uh, delightful discussion I'm sure we're going to have, we'll uh, be as uh, proper and discreet as you know I'm capable of. Uh, 888-247-4825 is the number. That's 888-AGRITALK. Information you want and the voice you need. This is Agritalk. You won't believe what we're going to talk about this week. Uh, tomorrow we're going to talk with some oil and gas producers, independent people who are producing uh The fuel that you're now burning in your cars at uh, what to them is a very cheap price. And uh, it's having an impact on them that you might suspect now that if you stop and think about it, is the same as when you sell your corn cheap uh, or your hogs cheap of what type of impact that has on you. So we'll talk with some people. And it also relates to uh, people who have minerals under their land and are now... uh, wanting to cash in on those and uh, not getting much, if anything, for that. We'll also talk with the Attorney General of the State of Missouri, Jay Nixon, who is uh, really after premium standard farms right now. It appears that way. 
Uh, they're a, a very large hog operation. I believe they're second or third in the nation. And uh, they've got an environmental lawsuit uh, after them, as well as other difficulties. And uh, Mr. Nixon is the one who is heading that up. So that's coming up tomorrow with the oil and gas producers, Wednesday with the Attorney General of Missouri and Premium Standard Farms. Dr. Val Farmer is uh, with us this morning, and we are going to talk with you about uh, life after marriage and whether or not uh, you want to head into the relationships needed to be able to get to another marriage. One good piece of advice, Val, uh, for a person who wants to, it lives in rural America, and wants to at least consider remarrying, what should they do? Well, the first thing is to give yourself some time. I, I think coming off of a divorce, you need uh, a couple of years to, uh, to get your perspective, to let the emotions settle, and to, uh, to get your courage up to, to, to want to do it. And uh, many people make a mistake by dating too quickly, and they, they're kind of on the rebound from a relationship, and they may not be using good judgment when they, when they date that soon after divorce. And the next uh, step would be to be happy, energetic, uh, be uh, uh, friendly, have your self-confidence up, and be willing to go out and meet people. Uh, don't wait around passively in the safety of your own home and and expect Mr. Wonderful or, or, or Miss Wright to magically appear. You have to uh, be out in the public and different places uh, with uh, expanding your pool of acquaintances and developing friendships and doing things. And in the process of meeting a lot of people, you're going to increase your odds of meeting someone where you, where you click with them. Right. Well, Rustin tried that. It only took him 36 years for Miss Wright to show up. So you're right. You've got to get out there. 35, sorry. Hey, let's go to a caller. We may have to work through the divorce side before we get to the uh, side of dating. But we'd like to hear from you this morning. 888-AGRITALK. Bonnie in Iowa. Bonnie, thank you for calling us today. How yes, are you? Yes, you bet. Good morning to both of you. Um, I've been divorced for about, a oh, probably, it'll be a year in March. Now, do you live in a small town, on a farm? What's your, where do you live? Uh, well, we used to live in uh, a little uh, rural uh, American uh, uh, town, uh, a little uh community town called Sperry, Iowa, uh-huh. but we we rented a country home, and um, when we had to give up our home, uh, the son uh, had the property, you know, of the owner of the home, you know, and he had the property, and he had access to Bodo's, the solar home down, so he could put up his new home. Well, in between that year, we were going through our separation, and and uh, he was talking about not coming back and everything. Well, that three months of separation, see, I about went crazy. If I wouldn't have had our 21-year-old son living with us out there at the house at the time, I probably <laughs> would have yeah, ended yeah. up in the state hospital. But yeah. Bonnie, anyway. Bonnie, let me ask you a question here. I need to back up and set this up again. Okay. Are you divorced right now? Yes, sir. All right, you're divorced now. And Are you I'm living, living by, with my ex-husband? You're living with your ex-husband after still, 22 years. Have you still got this 21-year-old son in the house? Well, he comes back between us and his sister's place. 
Okay, and, and a sister that's 23 that lives in town. Okay, what, what precipitated the divorce between you and your husband? Uh, just over little things and getting married too young. And uh, 23 years later, it was getting married too young. Well, he figures at 21 years old that was a little too young for him because he never had the play out of him. You know, he was still running around with his friends, raising heck. Um, and he missed that so much that 23 years later. He wanted to go do it again. I suppose some of it. Yeah, that's called a midlife crisis, isn't I it, Val? I think so. Yeah. And the point of it is, neither one of us are really interested in anybody because if he did have somebody on the side, he would have went to him by now. Well, now, you're saying that you two are living together now. Right. After a full-fledged divorce. Right. Okay, Dr. Farmer, what do you think of that? Well, it's a common occurrence that uh, ex-spouses are still trying to test the waters to see if there's anything that can happen with that that uh, that relationship, and so it's it's not uncommon. And uh, I don't know if you, I don't know, uh, Bonnie, uh, if what you need to do or what uh, to. It's hard to, for me to let go, sir. That's a problem. After all these years, and we got two kids together. And we're grandparents of two kids. How much of this is an economic situation for you, Bonnie, that if you stay there, it's easier on well, you, you monetarily? Know, uh, uh, come to find out, we don't take things uh, uh, for, for granted anymore. Uh, we mm-hmm. appreciate now what we do for each other. When we were married, we were always taking advantage of each other, and you do this, and this has to be done at a certain time, and... Uh, uh, he was late coming home from work, you know, like I would see him till 2, 3, 4 a, 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 in the morning. Now he comes okay. right home. So now you're saying that because you don't take each other for granted, living together is good, but being married to each other was bad, and now are you questioning going back and marrying him again or just maintaining what's your choice? He said Main- I could stay with him, but he's not thinking about the remarriage part right now. Val, is it sinful if you were married and now you're just living together? Well, it, it's sinful if uh, it know. depends on how your your religious faith and your and your belief. I still have his name, and uh, of a lot of people, you know, when you think about it nowadays, there's even couples that, that don't even yeah. have each other's last name. Okay, all right, that are we, living together yeah. without marriage. We got a we got a, a capsule here. It'd be a tough one to swallow, yeah. Bonnie. Uh, let me see if Val can sort it for you okay. in about a minute. Let Let me try something here. I think that uh, I, we've had a show on how living together without commitment really doesn't solve a lot of marriage problems, and it creates more problems. But in in conjunction with the show we're doing today, I think when you re-enter the dating scene, uh, maybe one of those eligible people that you would consider would be your ex-spouse and. And if you don't take each other for granted and there's been changes made, maybe a lot of people rediscover each other once they've worked out the baggage and perhaps there was some reasons why the divorce took place and then they figure out that they want each other after all. And like uh, Bonnie was saying, those 23 years together really mean something. And uh, the only the only part that I'm still wondering about is... Uh, if you really are back on the right foot, then then you need to cement that with a marriage and and really uh, 
make that commitment work for you again. So, Bonnie, are you about like 44, 45? We do things together, you know. We do our grocery shopping together. Yeah. And just like yesterday, yeah. he had the laundry all done for me. You know, Bonnie, I think, you, I think in a way you got a good deal going if you can just morally justify it. And uh, apparently maybe you've really found the man you're looking for. We're going to come back in just a moment with Dr. Val Farmer right after this. Uh, This is AgriTalk. I'm Ken Root. I was out last week, and I did not hear any of the shows, so if you'd like to call and tell us uh, how Rustin and Mark Oppel did, I'd sure appreciate it, but only call if you tell me that they weren't as good as Dr. Farmer and I are. You know, Val, I'm convinced we do a lot of good on this show for people who never call us, some of which is people who listen to other people's situations and realize that their situation may not be that bad after all. Uh, but there are situations to where that you know something's got to change and you really don't know what to do next. And the, the hesitancy I can see of being divorced and, and past the divorce, okay, you're no longer living with them, you no longer have a positive relationship with them, but at the same time you've gotten over the anger, is to reintroduce yourself into the, quote, dating scene and think of, what it is going to be, or I guess the fear of what it'll be versus the hope of what you really want it to be, and to fight your way through, believe, to try to set yourself up to where that if you get hurt, you can accept it so that you can eventually find the person you're looking for. Right, and I think one of the keys is that it can be fun, you can be yourself, you can uh, make friends, get to know other people, and if you approach the dating scene like that, then it can be an enjoyable thing. Where I think it, people get scared off is that they, they uh, get intimidated by the, the uh, quickness of courtship and the fact that uh, sex uh, is often a part of the dating scene a lot sooner uh, than it was when they were young, and they don't quite understand or know how to deal with that issue or how to think about it exactly or or maybe they do, but it's going to be the whole idea of rejection gets involved. But I, but I think if you just leave it at the light-hearted level uh, and uh, work at it from a standpoint of activities and friendship, then you're then it can be a fun experience if you like getting out and being sociable. And the the part about sex, uh, if you know your values and you predecide ahead of time what sex means to you and how it fits into courtship or doesn't fit into courtship, then you can be in control of that situation and not, and not kind of enter into it with a big unknown, uh, uh, not knowing what you're going to do or what the other person's going to do. Well, I've had women say to me that, uh, when, that men really only are looking for three things, and sex is all three of them. Uh, and I've had men say, you know, that women think that that's all I want in a relationship with them, and it is not at all. And there is, as in marriage, there is the miscommunication that seems to occur between uh, between two people, that they're both trying to, neither one's very certain of where they are. Right, and I think uh, there, are, there are a lot of men that, that want that uh, friendship, and they're willing to go slow and, and let a relationship develop, and they want the same thing that women want, and, and yet everybody's kind of scared to get out there and find out that there are some some uh, some mm-hmm. frogs out there, but there may be a few princes, and you mm-hmm. have to take your chances to, to kiss a few frogs to get to the prince. 
can you market yourself real quickly? Can you market yourself, should you market yourself, in a way that gets you noticed by more people so that you have more reaction to you? Well, I think uh, being friendly, uh, being personable, uh, just... Uh being yourself uh, is, uh, and being self-confident is the best marketing you, you can do. So yeah, I, I'd say make your best first impression for sure. Okay, we'll go with that. And we'd like for you to give us a call and tell us your situation. 888-247-4825. Dr. Val Farmer, excellent advice at a real good price on Agritalk. Dr. Val Farmer is our guest today as we're talking about an issue that we're now getting a number of people, Rustin's working into the system, who want to talk about what they should do after divorce. And generally, Val, we tried to put this together that if you're over 30, you're divorced, you're past the first uh, problems of becoming single, and now you want to determine whether to reenter the dating scene, whether to reenter looking for a maid and trying to go back to be married again. What do you do? Because it is a different world than the first time you tried this, isn't it? It is a different world, and uh, the, 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 evidently the rules for dating have changed, or the dating rules for older, older adults or, or young adults uh, may be different enough where it really throws people. And it, mm-hmm. and it was scary enough the first time. Most of us wouldn't want to go back to those teenage years and date again anyway we're we're happy with the fact that that's history and and there's a lot of trauma involved with dating and 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 yet there's some exhilarating fun memories connected with it too it's really a mixed bag a lot of people that are dating again uh, get caught up just like adolescents in terms of the mm-hmm. the emotions and the feelings that go with it well now let's see you've and been the stupidity <laughs> you've been married 32 years right yes and uh, so most of the, so this advice you're giving is uh, what you understand uh, from other people. Have you ever thought about just cheating on your wife in the name of science? No, no, I haven't thought about that, Ken. Okay. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'm perfectly content to pass on secondhand information here. Let's go to Don in Iowa on a mobile phone. Don, good morning. Good morning, Val. How are you? Good. Uh, that's good. You remember I talked to you at Des Moines County Fairground couple times and had you repeat your story about Mrs. Johnson and the chickens. Okay. <laughs> I'm a bricklayer. Uh-huh. And so I heard your your uh, program this morning on 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 uh, being single again. What's your situation, Don? My my wife and I were married just about 46 years. So how old are you now? I am 67. And how long have you been a widower? I've been widowed a little over a year, mm-hmm. and she took sick uh, two years ago in December, and I put her in the hospital and then in the nursing home. Sorry to hear that. Now, are you debating what to do, whether to live single or whether to remarry? <laughs> well, I've met an awfully nice lady, uh-huh. and I've been seeing her. In fact, I've known her probably for 25 years. Not uncommon. And what it is, she was married to my wife's youngest brother, and they're both dead. So what's your question for Val? I'm just telling you my my uh, my opinion on it. Uh, so what what are you going Yeah, what are you going to do? We we don't plan on living together unless we marry. That's fine. That's uh, moral, that's Christian, that's appropriate. Uh, it's a sin to me to live together without being married. 
Do you think, though, that are both of you trying to determine a number of factors on whether you want to go ahead and make this marriage commitment, though? Well, she's a little hesitant about it. So you've asked her? Oh, no, not right out, but I've given her a hell of a nice uh, ring. Well, that's kind of asking her. Yeah, yeah, you would think so. Now, why, then, she, why is she hesitant? Now, I'll turn it over to Val. Well, she had a couple of, couple of sour marriages before. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell her one was a drinking problem and one with the guy run around on her. And I told her I am not lazy and I don't run around on you and I don't drink. Well, it seems like she just needs to get, get her trust in you that you're different than the other men in her life. And it'll be a matter of time until yeah. she uh, figures out that she'd rather... T- two of you can survive better than one. And if you have this natural bond and this friendship that you've you've developed and you've known each other for a long time, I see every good prospect in the world for the yeah. two of you. And Yeah, we make, get along real good. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna sell out where I am at, because on the count of us, Marion's house, she'd rather not live there. So here, here's one other item I'd throw in here, and Val can elaborate on, and that is, do both of you have grown children? Yeah, yeah. Our okay. children are all grown. You got to be prepared, I would think, for the reaction of these children, that through no fault of your own they find you, they may find a problem with you, and maybe it's going to be your children find a problem with her more than hers with you. No, no. My son is a mason contractor. You met him in, at the fairground at Des Moines County, and I worked for him to be 19 years, and uh-huh. he was very faithful to his mother, and I was a little hesitant about telling me that I'm seeing his aunt. So I finally got up nerve enough and told him, you know what he told me? He said, Dad, I'm glad. He said, you need companionship. There's a lot of adult children that really feel the same way. They're happy for their, their yep. parents. Uh, yep. the, the fact that their parents are finding happiness again or their father or mother. And then there are some uh, children that want to keep the memory <laughs> of their family the way it was. And so they yep. may take uh, yep. offense to the parent courting again. And they're getting they're pretty nervous about it. And some of it may have to do with uh, inheritance and estate, yeah. too. They're not yeah. sure what the ramifications uh, are. I'm so. glad you seized on that. Don, thank you very much for your call. Let me move over to Bob in Iowa, because that, I think, is an issue with some people. Bob, good yeah. morning. How are you? Good. What's your situation? Um, I've been divorced for about five years, and I've been dating a girl for three. I farm, and she lives in town. She has three boys that live with her, and I have four girls that live with me. And my oldest daughter is 17, and my youngest is 10. Mm-hmm. And her oldest is 16, and her youngest is 9. And I'm thinking about we're thinking about getting married. Yours, mine? You even got time for hours, I suppose. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm 45, and she's 40. Yeah. So anyway... Um, but um, since I farm, I have quite a few assets compared to what she has. And about getting married and things, and how do you handle the kids on her kids and my kids and things like that. 
So it's Boy. a combination of money and emotional issues, Val. Yeah, the the money part, uh, I think you have to trust your love and your relationship and share share the resources and if you try to hold back or enter into a prenuptial it'll it'll uh, really cause some doubt on her part and so you have to really really uh go for it and then the the kids part uh you're going to have to do a lot of uh talking and learning there's ways to handle step family relationships she needs to be the primary disciplinarian with her children and you need to be the primary one with your children and and uh and you uh, communicate, you back each other up, and, and you go real slow, and you make friends with these uh, new children. It, it's not impossible. And uh, and I have three or four uh, columns on the subject of uh, of uh, p- uh, p- marrying again and, and how to work in the parenting issues. And the, the biggest problem you'll have in your new marriage will be parenting conflicts. That's the number one reason why remarriages uh, don't work the second time. And so it's it's good to be careful, but there's a lot of information out, th- out there on how to do it right, too. Yeah, it's kind of hard to, you know, go back, go into it, I would think, with the uh, without having some reservations. But you really can't put a person on probation, you know, and say, you know, after six months it not work out, well, then there's, I'm just going to dump all this whole thing. There's a certain level of of irreversible commitment that enters into the whole thing. Bob, thank you. Thank you. I don't know if you agreed with that or not, Val. Well, I do. I think you're right on target, uh, Ken. I think that that that's one of those decisions you make, and then you work like crazy to make it the right decision by by how generous you are, how giving and loving you can be after after you're married, and so you can make it work. Let's uh, slide in an observation from Mavis in Iowa before we go to the break. Hello, Mavis. Hi there. How are you? Very fine, thank you. Now, I understand from our crack call screener today that your husband died and you tried dating. How did you like it? Well, I actually told him I'd rather be beaten with chains. (laughs) And he said, if I laughed while I said it, it was okay. (laughs) In in saying that, you mean that you're, when you dated, you didn't find it to be at all satisfactory or all what you thought it would be? No. I'd like Dr. Farman to know that I really enjoy his down-to-earth approach uh, to our emotional side. I would like to tell him that I um, do a lot of uh, live and in-person programs doing a program called Laughter, It's Magic. Mm-hmm. And one of the quotes that I talk about is how Freud said... And a lot of people don't like Sigmund Freud anymore. But that we, uh, humor is a very adult, mature way to handle problems. And basically, that's the way I handle life in general. Well, you could make a comedy routine out of your, uh, your dating experiences then. Believe me, I have. Believe me, I have. Can you give me a general idea of, are you over 50, Mavis? Yes, I am. I'm a lot over 50. I've been retired five years. Well, and if you retire at 65, but really I'm 39 okay. and well, holding. Well, Dr. Farmer made a, generally he made a comment one time, and I took it this way, and it was that if you're a woman who's mature and uh, your husband dies, uh, you should look at finding support in other women and not remarry. But if you're a man who's mature and your wife dies, you should remarry pretty quickly. Now, that's not the way you meant that, Val, but that's the way I took it. No, the way 
I meant it was that some women in their widowhood really enjoy their freedom and, and not tending to the needs of a family, and they have their own agenda and things they've wanted to do, and so it becomes an exhilarating time, and they don't mind being single. And uh, and men, uh, I think a lot of men struggle with being single, and they're, they're more anxious to find somebody than some women. So you don't I, have to marry, Mavis. I know I don't, and I do, I do not plan on remarrying. I do miss male companionship, and I do have a friend that we do things together once in a while. However, I do think that I'm going to live to be old. My parents did, mm-hmm. and uh, my mother is still alive at 90. And uh, I, I, even though my son lives two blocks away, and my three grandchildren are there, and my daughter is just in Minneapolis and uh, four hours away, you know, I can still get lonely. There's still a lot of alone time. And uh, my friends think I watch altogether too much TV, but I don't sit down and watch it all the time. I just have it on. Those are my friends that are visiting me. And your children, you have how many children? Two. Well, do you think that you can find the support in your children and grandchildren rather than having to worry about the the need long-term for this mate? Very true. Very true. I, I do... Uh, I've, I've had a long career in public health nursing. I worked in the psychiatric nursing setting. I know who I am, I've, oh, and uh, I've been a widow for 15 years. Got to go to a break, Mavis. Thank you for your story. We'll be back right after this on AgriTalk. Uh, well, let's go back to phone lines. By the way, if you want to slip in your call here right quick, 888-247-4825 on dating after divorce and living in rural America. We'd like to hear from you. Let's go to Kathy in South Dakota. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Thank you for being with us this morning. Tell us how your life is going. Well, um, I was just going to comment. Meeting men here where I live is pretty difficult. Um, They're either too young or they're from out of town. I've had a couple of relationships since my divorce, and they didn't work out. So now I've set a criteria for what I'm looking for in a man in a relationship. Is this wrong? Well, what's your criteria, Kathy? Well, just things like... Um, Legs, arms, yeah. <laughs> talk. No, that's always good. Um, no, just um, same things in common. Mm-hmm. Um, it just It's the little things. Right, common goals. Uh, I think uh, you need to uh, put some basics on your list and then, then not expect perfection. Things like generosity and kindness and moral values and, and goal, common goals and and how he treats children or parents and other people. I think uh, I think there's a basic set of things that tell you that they're okay. And then there's another kind of criteria that people need to have, and that's p- people that are trouble. And uh, some of this involves uh, people that have drinking problems or their right. temper problems or they're, you catch them in lies or they're pretty rigid in their thinking and and so, so you kind of look for stuff that uh, that really uh, rub you wrong, and say that's not it, and and you you get rid of those situations quickly. Well, when are when are your your when does your criteria become too high, um, and you might have to lower some expectations? I mean, or do you lower? Do you settle? 
or do you just hang in? Oh, you're in South, you're mean, in South Dakota, and you're talking about lowering your expectations. <laughs> is that correct? Well, I, I just I don't want to be my mother's age before I find someone to spend the rest of my life with. <laughs> well, I, I think when you when you live in a rural area, you uh, you have to uh, be aware of the fact that there's an existing pool, or else expand your expand your horizons and and meet more people. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a, a balancing act there you're describing. Uh, I think you need to keep your basic criteria and not get so desperate that you make mistakes, and yet, and yet you, you can't be expecting perfection. I think in any relationship where there's love, you, you marry people for the infatuation and the, the, the strong points of their character and the things you like about them, and then uh, later on you discover that 10% that, you don't like and is uh, irritate, irritating and and you uh and you live with the difference you agree to, to disagree on some of this stuff and you don't try to change them you just just uh and this is true for anybody in a marriage or in a courtship there's some some part of them that's not going to be perfect and and uh, that's okay and you can build a ha- happy life as long as the basics are fine and it, it sounds to me like Kathy's doing everything the right way except she is in a situation and I don't know how rural it is where you live that you're just not running into people in the right circumstances for you to be able to uh to say that you've really uh you know uh, I guess played the field scanned the market yeah. to be able to pick what you want. And is that a factor? I mean, do you say that you have to live there the rest of your life where you are, or are you open if a relationship takes you somewhere else? Yeah, no, I've I've decided that that I have to be open. Well, then how do you meet those people who are not in that area of America? I <laughs> do you? What else do you do? I mean, do you go to... Uh, any places of population outside this in the context that allows you to meet the right kind of person? Oh, sometimes, but it's it's the ones that you think that are right. I mean, they, they start meeting your criteria and you know, all the things that you expect, and then, boom, you find out that they're not they're not really that person at well, all. Well, that's just what Val said and earlier about the frogs and the toads. Right, and then you've already invested time into it. Yeah, well. And then you, it's just like, how many times do you pick up the pieces and start over again, or yeah. you just uh, call it quits? As many times as it takes, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 I, and I think you're right on target. You don't want to waste your time, and once you discover this unredeeming quality, then you, you let go of the relationship, and you still still take your chances because i know there's a lot of wonderful people out there that are looking for the same thing you're looking for kathy good luck to you dennis our engineer has one piece of advice get a cat get a cat they'll always (laughs) unconditionally love you and they won't expect a lot of you if you don't expect much of them good luck to you ma'am thank you let's go to peter in minnesota peter good morning yeah good morning sir what do you think well, I lost my wife about 11 months ago, and uh, for 46 years we've been married. We had five beautiful children, mm-hmm. and I found that living alone is for the birds. Mm-hmm. It's uh, something that's very unpleasant to me. Now, how long have you been a widower? Uh, about uh, 11 months. 11 months. Okay. Yeah. The first year, I'd say that's the reaction you'd probably have. Yeah. What are you doing to compensate uh, for that? We find uh, with the local, uh, some of the churches throughout southern Minnesota, north Iowa, that I'm part of, we have a singles group, which mm-hmm. has been a big blessing to me. 
a big a support group then. A now. big support, yep, big support group. Right, and and that's wonderful when churches can help get the singles together. There's not enough work that in the, done in the churches to help the singles uh, have activities together. So I I take my hat off to your churches. Thank yeah. you. I think that's that's a direction, and and I think uh, after judging from. Other people I know who have lost their wife, it's too early for you to tell what you really want to do in finality, Peter. Well, that's, that's possibly so. Yeah. Give but, yourself uh, some more time. At the same time, it builds up a friendship, which yeah. is, uh, I like to say, very beneficial. It, uh, it encourages uh, work living, you see, right. and the children uh, admire it. And, of course, uh, I like to brag a little bit that you find the church is mostly the cleaner type of people. And um, yeah, you find I've, the, I've had some calls from a local city here over the last few months. Uh, friends to my wife, well, we like to have you come on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of them are deal, uh, real good people, and others they like to do a little partying. And, well, it sounds like you've got some options ahead of you, Peter. Just uh, enjoy life. Take care. Thank you, much. Thank you very much. Dr. Farmer, thank you for being with us and uh, getting this discussion going today. All right, Ken. Giving good information to everybody. We always look forward to that, and we'll see you back here. We're going to talk about the oil business tomorrow on AgriTalk. This show was recorded in February of 1999 with Dr. Val Farmer, a clinical psychologist, based in Rapid City when we first started talking to him and then moving to the metropolis of Fargo later on. We hope you enjoyed this episode of AgriTalk, The Root Years. I'm Ken Root.